The Aussie NFL Fantasy Show would like to acknowledge the traditional land owners and the leaders past, present and emerging of Ngunnawal, Ngambri and Darawal countries where we are working from today. This always was, and always will be, Aboriginal land. Well, g'day, g'day and welcome to the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. You know me, my name is Matty C and I'm here today in place of Taylor and Manjot. Because we have decided that we would like to address this week a little differently. Um, I'll get into that in just a moment. But what I really wanted to quickly say is that there are some things that we would like to continue to provide the updates on. And that's all this is. This is just a housekeeping episode. Um, Aside from that, um, it's probably as good a time as any to talk about why things were a little different this week. If anyone was watching that Monday night football game, and I understand... Not only were there just thousands of people in the stands, there was over 100 players and staff on the field. There were people who were first responders on the field as well. There were people in the broadcast team and people who were back in the studio for the broadcast network. And then there's everybody's eyeballs at home that would have seen something pretty traumatic. When you see a fellow in the peak of his health in his 20s just fall over like that, It's very, very difficult to understand, very difficult to rationalise and very difficult, I think, to process what's happened in front of your eyes. And then to hear just how difficult of a time that DeMar Hamlin had on that field and how difficult it's been in the 24 and 48 hours since that has left a lot of people really rattled. I mean, it doesn't matter where in that spectrum you are, everybody receives information and processes it at their own speed. People who are right at the event may have been a part of it and have emerged fine. Other people who are as far away as Australia, like us, have seen the event and have felt really rattled and quite traumatised by it. Every range of response is correct. What we would say is, firstly... Be kind to yourself. Look after yourself. If you need help handling what you saw, please reach out to somebody you care about and talk to them. If you're finding it hard to find that person, certainly in Australia, you can call Lifeline on 13 It's a suicide prevention hotline. It's a mental health hotline, and they'll provide free counselling to you right now. If you're not from Australia there are likely to be other resources you can use in the same space. We saw that even people who were as far away as the New York broadcast team were having difficulty understanding what happened and were clearly traumatised by the event. I'm going on record saying I think that the NFL were reckless to imagine that you could start a game five minutes after something like that had happened. And when the coaches finally got the opportunity to meet, once the ambulance had taken DeMar away, that the first thing they said is, yeah, we're not playing. And my understanding is that the players got back to their sheds and were immediately undressing. They knew the game wasn't going ahead and nor should it have been. And for the NFL to take an hour to come to that conclusion is absurd. For the broadcasting from the worldwide leader to continue to stay there and to continue to go in circles saying the same few things over and over again. Clearly, these people are traumatised and having a very difficult time processing what happened in front of them. And for their employer to keep them working through that is an embarrassment for ESPN. Though, 
even though these two huge organizations completely mishandled this, it can be forgiven. Nobody plans for an event like this. There isn't a button that you can hit to just know exactly what to do. And sometimes experience is what you learn 10 minutes after you needed it. I hope that the NFL and ESPN will do better from this. I think continuing to broadcast it only exposed more people to more harm. I think that's a lesson that they will have learned. In terms of what we're here to do today, and I speak on behalf of Manjot and I speak on behalf of Taylor for this one, the fantasy doesn't really matter. It's the last week of fantasy and whether this happened, you know, in a way that delays this result for a week, six weeks, indefinitely, it doesn't matter. This is fake football. The consequences are zero. We haven't gotten 10 minutes into a rocket launch and can't turn it around. This is something that is completely inconsequential in the scheme of life. What we are hoping for is that Damar Hamlin's family, Damar Hamlin himself, they will get the support and everything they need for this to be okay. If you're in a position of helplessness too, where you just want to do something to help, we all recommend that you either donate something to Damar Hamlin's charity or to a Bills or Bengals charity that you know matters and that potentially strikes a chord with you. Sending thoughts and prayers is very sweet. Action is the best thing you can do. And if you're feeling helpless, what a terrific thing to do. In the meantime, this episode now is going to be not a common episode. Man, Jordan Taylor aren't going to appear. It's just going to be me. We're going to do a quick bit of housekeeping on some things that happened through the week that are important to share and then the episode will be over. Our regular, chatty, brash, a little bit inappropriate style really isn't correct to do here. This is not a suitable time for that. That time will come again. And when that time comes, we'll be back. And with any luck, we'll be in great spirit to be able to deliver that. Until that time, we're going to have an episode today where it just touches on a couple of quick things, and then it will be over. So without further ado... I'm going to go straight into what will be our first episode of the week, the pastry performance. The Manjot has not provided pastry performance for this week, and I think that is a correct decision from Manjot. He's looking after his mental health. He's looking after himself. And I think self-care is not selfish at this point. At any time where he does provide a pastry performance for the week, we'll publish it. There's no pressure on this. It doesn't really matter. For Dr. Goodcall, again, There is no upcoming week for him. Week 17 was the last week. I'm going to provide a recap on the scores. Dr. Goodcall may want to talk about this in depth some other time. Here are his four selections for positions for you from Dr. Goodcall. Mike White, who had a tough day out and only scored 5.6 points. We don't think that his advice here was helpful, and we've just given him a no on that one. A running back, Tyler Algier, scored around 16 points and was a terrific pickup. He'd given him a 15-touch guarantee the week before, and he went out and got 22, including four in the passing game. He backed that up this week. It was a great call. If he was someone who you were iffy about and you started him on the advice of Dr. Goodcall, congratulations. There's a huge chance that he helped you in a very significant way. A wide receiver, Romeo Dobbs, was back, and we thought this might have been the week where he had a significant impact. Dr. Goodcall... Sadly, gave you a starter who, again, only scored you five points. 
There were enough things in the recipe card to make you think that this could work out. Sadly, sometimes these things don't work out in Romeo Dobbs. We're going to say unsuccessful. Although this is something that Dr. Goodcall likes to do, he found a player who pairs with his quarterback, somebody whose quarterback, if he performs, will also help the player who he's throwing to perform. At tight end, which has been a difficult position for Dr. Goodcall through the year, he took Tyler Conklin, who is a pair with Mike White. And while Mike White had a difficult day with three turnovers affecting his score, Tyler Conklin had no such problem. He had receptions, touchdowns, and yards. He scores you 14 points, and that's a big tick for Dr. Goodcall. The last call was only the most bold of the year, his fantasy candidate who will underperform. He only took a shot at the number one wide receiver in the whole league, Justin Jefferson. His reasoning for this is, hey, it just kind of feels like one of those games where things might go wrong. And where things go wrong for the, the Vikings, they, they just tend to go horrifically wrong. This was an extraordinarily good call. Turns out Justin Jefferson, with all his targets, had one catch for 15 yards and had a difficult time shedding Jair Alexander. Turns out that 2.5 points from the number one fantasy receiver probably hurt you if you were starting him in championship week. Terrific call from Dr. Goodcall. I don't know how you don't start Justin Jefferson, but to have that insight that it was probably going to be a tough week for him is an excellent call. And hopefully, with any luck, you're in a position where it didn't hurt you too much. The third segment of our week is generally some fantasy games. We have them prepared. There will be another time to play games. Our fourth and final segment each week is the start to the week. It's the most loved segment. No other fantasy show in Australia does a segment like this. No fantasy show we've found anywhere else in the world does a segment like this. It's no wonder it is the most loved. Every week, we take turns picking a player who is a quarterback, a running back, a wide receiver, and a tight end who are from the lesser started category. So if you are iffy at a position and you can either find this guy for free on waivers or he's in your lineup and he's in a position where he could start over someone like the fantasy candidate for underperforming from Dr. Goodcall, it gives you an opportunity to still score some really valuable points in a week where it mattered. This week, championship week. Let's go down our lists. And firstly, we're going to start with your boy here, Matty C. My week did not go how I was hoping. I picked Aaron Rodgers, who sounded like it was a bit of freebie picking him up. And for a team who threw up 41 points, it was very disappointing that he scored 16 points. Tyler Algier, as we spoke about in Dr. Good Call, was a fantastic pickup. He also scored you around 16 points. That was the heavy lifting for my team as Mac Hollins went up and threw up a seven, which, as we'll learn, wasn't a horrible score in this segment, but it is a horrible score in championship week. And I went ahead and took Greg Dulcich as my tight end. It was before he was ruled out and subsequently sent to IR. I scored a zero. I end up with 40.06 in a week where that's not going to be enough. Championship week, you need bigger calls. Manjot, on the other hand, had a better week. He took sturdy Brock Purdy for a third week in a row. He throws up 17 points with around 200 yards, with around two touchdowns. That is his floor. It is practically his ceiling. Bam Knight, his running back, threw up a 6.4 in a strange week. Michael Gallup threw up 6.9, which around about the same region as Matt Collins. Didn't hurt you too much, but you were hoping for more in championship week for someone you might have plugged and played. And then Trey McBride, his tight end, Incredible call. He has a couple of touchdowns, a bunch of receptions, some yards, and he, if you started him, is a great reason that you might have won your week. Manjot, 51.16 points. Fantastic. 
Taylor, on the other hand, started Jared Goff. He always says this. Jared Goff at home, very important, especially if he's against an offense on the other side of the ball who are likely to keep up. That didn't quite happen, but it didn't seem to matter. As Jared Goff went up and threw up at 22.4, including three touchdowns and over 300 yards. Cam Akers was his running back who, even though I was starting him in the content league, still scored 14.3, and it was great to see Taylor cheering for a guy I was starting against him. Jahan Doxson had played so well the week before, and Carson Wentz was the starter in this must-win game for Washington. Turns out they lose. He's eliminated. It was a horrible, horrible position for Jahan Dotson because he only throws up 6.7 points. And in this segment, even though he's within three points, sorry, even though he's within 0.3 points of Mark Hollins, it makes him the worst wide receiver start in this group. Uh, Cole Komet, his tight end, goes up and throws up 10.3. Turns out he got a few catches and some yards, uh, 10.7, sorry. And that is plenty good for a tight end. Taylor finishes with 54.1, wins this segment. This is his 10th win out of 17 weeks. It's also his crowning moment. He finishes this season with 41 points, 10 points clear of second place, which is me at 31, and then Manjot a few points behind. It took a little while to collate because I hadn't been just totaling this through the season, aggregating it. However, what I want to show here is that there were 16 games Taylor and I played. There were each a week where we couldn't play. And Marky Mark filled in for us on bugger all notice. While that didn't matter and Taylor was still the runaway winner, goodness knows what he would have got if he had the 17th start. Marky Mark slid in and picked twice for almost 100 points, gave him almost a 50-point average. So I have this leaderboard set in terms of how many average points per week each player added. Taylor first at 58, then Mark at 48 and a bunch, then Manjot and I down the bottom at 47 and 44, respectively. Hey, a big congratulations to Taylor who wins the trophy. He will be here to talk more about this, plus about some of the fantasy finals he was in, including the Astro League. Manjot will be back to talk more about these things too, and me as well in the future. But for now, that's all we wanted to recap. We hope that you're looking after yourself and if you're finding it difficult, please lean on some of the resources around. There is help out there. If you can see somebody could be struggling to, please ask, are you okay? It is a great conversation starter for someone who might not yet have found a safe place to talk about the things that are on their mind. In the meantime, my name's Matty C. On behalf of Manjot and Taylor, we'd like to wish you all the very best. And we'd like to ask you one last time to find a way to support either a Bengals, a Bills, or DeMar Hamlin's charity. It's a situation we haven't seen in the time I've been watching football, and I think it should be treated that way. So in the meantime, there won't be any fantasy analysis in big moments from us. We're just going to wait and see what happens here. Most leagues are on pause anyway. We are the same. Once everybody is feeling in a headspace that they can continue to provide good analysis, and once we know that DeMar Hamlin is going to be okay, that's the moment to talk about these things. So... Until then, our regular brash, sometimes inappropriate podcast is just going to go on hiatus for a little bit. And with any luck, we'll be back soon with our playoff version. For those of us who were around last year, our playoff version included analysis of the NFL playoff games. We aren't doing that this year because of our new sister podcast, G'day Gridiron, 
who have been providing NFL analysis, not fantasy analysis. So we have decided it is best to urge people to support that wonderful Australian show and go and get their NFL analysis from there. For us, we have been playing fantasy games. We will continue. We have a fantasy format of starts of the week, which we will invite Mark from the No Huddle Dynasty podcast in to join us for. It'll be a four-headed show when we're back up and running at usual speed, and it will be all fantasy-based and all games-based. So hopefully you can join us. But until that moment arrives where we feel it's appropriate to do so, take care of yourselves and each other.